The Right Hook Podcast. Make business sense on the road with the Mitsubishi Outlander Business, the two-seater SUV with low BIK, 200 euro VRT and a five-year warranty. MitsubishiMotors.ie Well, of course, it is Thursday and by now uh, he's a regular fixture on the programme. It's Bill Hughes with Essential Songs, where Bill looks at a particular year and picks the songs that he thinks were essential to that particular year. Depending on the year, uh, is my excitement quotient is uh, registered accordingly. Last week we were in 1986, which gives me hope that we might be going back a little. This week, it's 50 years. Ah, no. 50 years ago, I was 25. I was in the hole of my health. There was testosterone oozing from every pore. I was probably one of the best dancers on a Saturday night in a rugby club. In your own estimation, yeah. Ah. By, 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 um, what's the word we're looking for? I don't know, but Dr. Shoal... Common consent. Dr. Shoal had to create a whole new set of reinforced shoes for the women of Dublin in case you came asking them to dance. Uh, Right. Okay, now, you cannot fail to get good songs. Well, 1966, the first time we did it, uh, we had the Beach Boys' Good Vibrations, we had Ike and Tina Turner, River Deep, Mountain High, and we had the Drogs' Wild Thing. They were three. Extraordinary songs. Well, this year they're yeah. equally. Uh, this week they're equally iconic. Well, of course they are, because even if you use the same system as I use for a horse in the Grand National, close your eyes and stick a pin in. In 1966, you're just going to get something really good. It was a turning point in music that year, and we'll kick off. Yeah. Uh, Dusty Springfield, the year before, in 1965, had gone to the San Remo Festival in Italy, which was the biggest song contest in the world at the time. Right. And she heard a song representing Italy. She said, I need the rights to that song. I need to get in English lyrics. I'm going to have a worldwide hit with that song. The song was You Don't Have to Say You Love Me. That's what it became. But at the time it was Io Che Non Vivo Senza Te. So the lyric had nothing whatsoever to do with the English translation. But you will know the composer. His name is Pino Donaggio. Right. And he has had huge success in movies because he wrote the music for Brian De Palma's films. Don't Look Now, Carrie, Dressed to Kill, Blowout, Raising Cain. You know, all these... And he did all them. He did all them. Go away. Yes. Now, very of course, successful. you know Dusty Springfield's from Kerry. No, her family are. Well, that's She's what a, I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Family her, are from Kerry. Her people. Ba- her people. <laughs> Ballyhoig. Yeah. Or, uh, and what a gorgeous town Ballyhoig is when you look out at the seafront. I dated a girl from Ballyhoig once. Did you? I, yeah, I took her to the movies. I shot a documentary down there and I had great fun. <laughs> yeah. I did. I had great fun too. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes. Let's not go there. Mary Isabel Catherine Bernadette O'Brien, yeah. otherwise known as Dusty Springfield, she couldn't find an English lyric for the song. She couldn't find anybody who would... So what she did was she got the song, she took it into a studio in London, she had an instrumental track made of the song and she went hunting for someone to write the lyrics and she got uh, guitarist Big Jim Sullivan, drummer Bobby Graham, they put it together for her. So she said it to her friend, Vicky Wickham, who ended up, who was her lifelong friend, and more than her friend for a long time. And she was the producer of Ready, Steady, Go. 
And they had another friend called Simon Napier Bell and he was the manager of the Yardbirds. And Vicky Wickham and Simon Napier Bell sat down, a bottle of wine, a couple of drinks and penned the lyric. And neither of them was a lyricist, but they wrote, you don't have to say you love me. Go away. And the rest, as they you say, say. <laughs> is. So, you know, what ah, a classic song. Come on, let's listen to Mary O'Brien uh, from Ballyhoig with you. Uh, what is it? You don't say you, you love me. You don't have to say You don't that. have to say you love me, of course. She became the great Dusty Springfield with an intervening career among as the Springfields, if you remember them well. But here she comes. Springfield. I have to tell you, she was a great artist. She was phenomenal. And her eyeshadow was only marvellous. And her beehives. <laughs> yeah. All the way up. You yeah. need a ladder to climb up and do her ah, hair. Ah, but she she was fantastic yeah. there with You Don't Have to Say You Love Me. I mean, that was really special. That was a great performance. Oh, yeah. Big. 
Big, big, big. And she was very brave too. She went to South Africa and would only perform in front of a mixed audience. Yep. At a time when it wasn't popular. Yeah, well, she did a lot of things that weren't popular with a lot of people at the yeah. time. You know, she was a trendsetter. Yeah. And she, she wasn't afraid. So, yeah. uh, uh, the, dis- the distinctive warbling tones of Bill Hughes there as he chooses song number one of the essential songs of 1966. Available on Spotify, as you know. Go to Essential Songs on the Right Hook and there they all are. Download them. It's great fun. 1966 yeah. was the height of the success of the, the, the Brill Building in New York. Oh, yeah, but you mentioned many times. Yeah, and one of the songwriting teams, the people who wrote Stand By Me and so many other songs, Lieber and Stoller, yeah. Jerry Lieber said, I don't think there has ever been a better song written than Eleanor Rigby. Oh, no. Oh, Are I, you picking Eleanor I Rigby? agree with him wholeheartedly. Who's seeing Eleanor Rigby? The Beatles. Oh. No? Oh. It is a turning point. I in, just hate the Beatles. But there's something wrong is with you. Is there any way I can leave the room there's like, something while you're doing wrong this? wrong with you. I know I hate the Beatles. you can treat athletes' foot with a powder. How can you treat <laughs> you? What can I put on you that will fix you? Jeepers. How could you not love the Beatles? But particularly Eleanor Rigby. Like twist and shout or please, please, me, your that kind of stuff. I can get get you, but Eleanor Rigby. Well, 1966 was a turning point in popular music because it was the release of the Beatles album Revolver. Right. And Revolver was so different, so experimental. It broke with all the easy pop options and it took us into a different world of using strings using in, in rock music and George Martin's genius as a producer came into play and Revolver when you look at the track listing of Revolver as an album but it's got here there and everywhere Good Day Sunshine uh, got to get you into my life the Beatles were really pushing boundaries and bringing music forward and they left some troglodytes behind like yourself but yeah. they at least moved the whole thing forward and so George Martin had this brilliant idea that he was going to put um, string quartet on this recording so he did a double string quartet. Now the thing about the song You mean uh, eight? It, no it was a double string quartet it wasn't right. yeah so John Lennon tried to take credit for writing the song after the song was a success. But as people who were at the recording session and who were there when the song was being written said, he had absolutely zero to do with that song. That was a Paul McCartney song. But Paul McCartney signed it over as a Lennon-McCartney song. Oh, yeah, but John right. Lennon did not write it. Okay. It was a Paul McCartney achievement. And um, the, the, the thing is, was she a real person? Well, Eleanor Rigby, in fact, was a real person who was buried in the graveyard where John Lennon and Paul McCartney first met on the afternoon of the 6th of July, 1957. It was Woolton Village Garden Fate and the, 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 the grave was in the churchyard beside the Garden Fate. And Paul McCartney always said it must have been subliminal because as far as he was concerned, he wrote Eleanor for Eleanor Braun. Do you remember Eleanor Braun? Actress. Amazing actress. And he wrote Rigby because it was the name of a store in Bristol called Rigby and Evans Wine and Spirit Shippers that he used to go to. So the song Eleanor Rigby 
it's about a very lonely person. Yes. It broke with the tradition of light-hearted popular music. It took popular music into classical realm and it played with the format. And I think it's a piece of genius. So you can dislike it, but I'm with Jerry, Stahl, Jer- Jerry Lieber. I tell you something. Mm. If if Buddy Holly's plane hadn't have gone down, you wouldn't have heard of the Beatles. Buddy Holly was writing this kind of stuff, using strings, all that sort of inventive stuff before Paul McCartney was heard of. So anyway, I'm prepared in the interests of your friendship to listen to this and in the interest of the radio programme. Other than that, I've no interest in the Beatles or Eleanor Rigby. Beatles, Eleanor Rigby, an essential song from 1986. I'm prepared to concede 1966, Freudian slip. I'm prepared to concede it was an essential song. I just didn't like it, but that's okay. Uh, Yeah, it is okay. It's sad, but it's okay. Yeah. It's it's a truism that I can't convert you to quality. No. (laughs) Well, listen, the last song. Yeah. Yeah. you would know the songwriters because they wrote all the hits for the Four Seasons, Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons. Oh, yeah. But they wrote this song, the Four Seasons, well, Frankie Valley released it. It didn't do a thing for him. Really? No. But when it got into the hands of the Walker Brothers, the sun ain't going to shine anymore. It became a massive hit around the world. And uh, the sun ain't going to shine anymore, written by Bob Crew and Bob Gaudio, um, Bob Crew, together with uh, Bob Gaudio, they, they wrote Big Girls Don't Cry, Walk Like a Man, Ragdoll, 
Can't take my eyes off you. Bye-bye, baby. Silence is golden. My eyes adored you. Like all these uh, massive yeah. hits. Now, is it... The Walker brothers weren't brothers, is that right? Not only were they not brothers, <laughs> but none of them was a Walker. So Scott Walker was actually Scott Ingle. John Walker was actually John Mouse. And Gary Walker was Gary Leeds. So okay. they all changed their name. They were American. They came to Britain. They had their career. Just as their career was starting to go mental uh, and everything was like, make it easy on yourself, was such a huge hit for them as well. Um, the, the, the powers that be in the UK said, uh, uh, hello, Americans, your work permits are up. Get out. And they had to go back out of the country to reapply to come back into the country. And by the time they did, basically the momentum for their career was gone. Go but away. also their music was regarded as dated. Now, Scott Walker went on to have a magnificent career. Oh, yeah, beautiful music and really uh, interesting stuff. He he did, they had chart success 66 and 67, but the diminishing commercial success sort of, that that was a problem. The pressures of stardom on them and their internal tensions, the three of them just couldn't get on. But uh, they did a tour in 1967 with this lineup. Are you ready? Jimi Hendrix, Cat Stevens and Engelbert Humperdinck with the Walker Brothers on tour. And that was kind of a mad... They they also did the tour of Japan in 1968 and it was at the end of that that they just said, oh, let's call it a day. They couldn't get on. It's interesting, really, that... uh, Despite our stardom, there have been no internal tensions. Don't you agree? Uh, You you, and me? You and me. Yeah, that's true, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You think I'm going to say anything else? (laughs) Maybe the stardom isn't as great as I thought. Anyway, the Walker Brothers with... The sun ain't going to shine. I anymore. remember this because there's I I I'm you know I'm not great with music. As this would have been tone. for the slow set, the slow yeah. set. This would and been. your man had one of them had quite a deep kind of voice. Scott. Was, was mm. that him? Mm, yeah, yeah, I remember it very well. Mm. Oh yeah, beautiful song. Oh, very and good. very unusual uh, arrangement. Yeah, the Walker Brothers. The Walker Brothers. Sun ain't going to shine anymore. Essential song of 1966. Thank you. 
Well, uh, there you have it. Uh, Essential song number three from 1966. uh, The Walker Brothers with The Sun uh, Don't Shine Anymore. Uh, Previously, you had Eleanor Rigby with The Beatles and before that, The Great Dusty Springfield. Um, And don't forget Spotify. Just go there. um, The Essential Songs on the right hook and you can download. Well, they're all download for you. Every song that we've done in the series. It's it's really good fun. It makes a great mix. My thanks to Bill Hughes. He'll be back next week with more. Bill, thanks very much. Thank you, George.